Kyle. And I'm Trevor. And welcome to Catching Up on Cinema. Now, if you aren't familiar with the program, Catching Up on Cinema is a film analysis podcast wherein we introduce each other to films, expand our cinematic horizons, and, in essence, catch up on our cinema. So it is the month of July 2022, and uh, we kind of found a uh, theme for this month we kind of stumbled ass backwards into it uh basically what we've been doing is uh reviewing movies from 20 years ago the mm-hmm. year 2002 uh so we'll probably follow through with that through the end of the month but uh last week i had the pick and i was trying to do some brand synergy bullshit uh by having us review paul ws anderson's uh resident evil from the year 2002 uh, being as there's a brand new netflix show uh, that just premiered last week that i haven't watched yet uh but this week uh the pick is back to kyle and uh kyle would you care to tell the folks at home uh what film from 2002 that you selected for us <sighs> yeah i picked uh death watch uh from 2002 directed by mj bassett uh starring pretty much the only people i know from the movie jamie bell and andy circus the other guys are just People. Oh, there is one more person I do know. Uh, his name is O'Connor. Uh, I lost it. Something O'Connor. Uh, he plays King Louis in the Three Musketeers Disney movie. Um, but yeah, uh, I picked this because I had read a plot summary telling me that it was a, a horror movie about World War One trenches uh, and rats were connected. So I'm like, well, I'm terrified of rats and I like to be scared. That sounds like it'll be very unsettling. That's not the movie <laughs> at all. Uh, it's something completely different. Yeah, uh, th- I don't, I don't quite understand what this movie is altogether. To be perfectly honest, but yeah, folks at home, if you if you did listen all the way through our very long Resident Evil review, uh, I think Kyle may have read a plot description on the air, uh, if not off the air. But anyway, uh, we did go over the plot description for this film. Night Watch, is it? Or Death Watch? Death Watch. Something metal. Death Watch. Something super fucking metal. Not a very metal movie, if you ask me. But, um, And yeah, uh, it ended up not being at all what I was kind of expecting. I was under the impression this was going to be a monster movie. Um, as Kyle had said, he was expecting uh, rats, which are featured in the film, to, to play a more prominent role in the film. Uh, but what we got was most certainly not that. And... Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm in agreement with Kyle as far as uh, familiar faces go. Uh, Andy Serkis is, of course, the most prominent among them. Uh, arguably, easily. Well, no, it's not argue. It's true. It's fact. Yeah. He's the most talented among the cast. Yes. Um, Jamie Bell, who really, really, really wishes he was Tom Holland, but he's not. And yep. I, I, I have never seen the appeal of Jamie Bell's soul. Like he he pops up in things, and I'm just like, why are you here? Yeah, <laughs> it's like like that's kind of my reaction every time I see him. He doesn't make much of an impression here, other than the fact that he is he's supposed to be a baby faced protagonist, and he very much you know plays that to a T. Um, but yeah, I think like maybe the only other person, and this is a stretch. Like I actually had to dig into their Wikipedia. The only other person that jumped out at me was uh, Hans Matheson. I. Th- I seem to remember seeing him sporting some really bad facial hair in some movie. Um, but if you just like glance at his filmography, he had a stretch there where he was he was doing some high profile like international Hollywood pictures. Like for instance, he was in uh, the remake of Clash of the Titans and a 300 Rise of an Empire. So he's 
he's done some stuff. He's not a household name in the States, but um, as far as I could tell, I didn't do any research on this film whatsoever. Um, I want to say this was uh, a German co-production, probably UK and German co-production, because there are several German names in the cast, and the word film production has a K in it uh, during the opening production banner, so I assume there's some German money and talent uh, involved in this one. But uh, before we uh, we head into like the plot description and whatnot, I did want to take a minute to uh, delve into the filmography of our director of uh, M.J. Bassett, uh, because uh, the reason, like, like Kyle, had, like actually, before we get into that, Kyle, why why did you pick this movie? Because like you you kind of leapt at the opportunity to do this one when we were talking about two thousand and two. This has just been a movie that's been on my watch list for a long time. Uh, I read the plot description. I'm like, well, that sounds kind of fun. Because, uh, again, I thought it was, you know, people in trenches having to fight off a bunch of rats. I'm like, that sounds terrifying to me. And it's got Andy Zirkus. That was really the selling point. I'm like, okay, I've got to watch this someday. And I just never did. And then we were looking at 2002 movies. And I'm like, oh, Death Watch is on here. I'm like, this is the perfect opportunity to watch it. So I took it. And I regret it. <laughs> Foreshadowing for the... the- the flavor of conversation to come but yeah. um, what was really funny about Kyle uh, choosing this film was that I spent a good chunk of that Resident Evil review uh, trashing a film by the name of Solomon Kane mm-hmm. uh, which was headlined by James Purefoy and that was I, I threw that out there as a soundbite just because that's mostly the only thing I know him for and it, it's just a, a fun novelty that it just happens to be him headlining a, a terrible fucking film and just through pure happenstance, uh, we we mutually discovered that the director of this film, M.J. Bassett, also directed Solomon Kane. This <laughs> is like, oh no, uh, probably should have probably should have put more weight on that uh, on that yeah. little detail because, um, as I said, I wanted to take a second and just like run through the filmography real quick just to point out some highlights. Um, mostly because, like, had I taken five seconds to do some research. I think I would have discovered, like, Kyle, um, I, I don't think this is a good idea, <laughs> because uh, we have here uh, Solomon Kane, of course, that's that's a terrible movie that I'm one of few people on this planet who has seen. Uh, we have Silent Hill colon Revelation, uh, which, as far as I understand, uh, is the bad Silent Hill movie. Uh, it's not often talked about, uh, similar to Solomon Kane. Apparently there there's like a direct to video sequel to Inside Man called Inside Man Colon Most Wanted. Uh, we have the film Rogue, which is headlined by Megan Fox, it is very much a Lionsgate production featuring Megan Fox doing battle with lions. Um, and then beyond that, uh, M.J. Bassett's uh, filmography, she seems to mostly uh, deal in television. A very prolific television director, a lot of action heavy series. Is- uh, from what I can tell, Ash vs. Evil Dead, uh, which is one that Kyle actually is a very big fan of. Mm-hmm. Uh, so maybe maybe her, her quality stepped up there. Um, maybe. I don't know. Um, there's the show Power, which I know was fairly popular. Uh, the, the Taken television series that, uh, again, I want to say most people forget even happened. Um, but then like one of the big ones that I absolutely have to point out, Iron Fist fucking iron fist netflix's iron fist netflix slash marvel's iron fist which is almost universally agreed upon as being um one of the worst marvel things uh in the past you know throughout the years of mcu content um 
And then also I'll toss out there that apparently they also did some uh, uh, Motherland Fort Salem episodes, which happens to be a series, a currently running series, that my girlfriend is a fan of. Um, so yeah, that's about it for MJ Bassett. But uh, Kyle, uh, would you care to give us a, a plot summary uh, for for this film? <laughs> like, good luck, brother. <laughs> yeah, I think I'm going to chalk it up to nine, Brit- nine British soldiers uh, stumble their way into a German trench, hold a German soldier prisoner, and weird things start happening. That's it. That's the whole thing. Yeah, uh, I mean, in if you're to give like a very straightforward rundown like of actual things that happen in the movie, that's pretty accurate. Like this is not a movie where things happen for the most part. This is a this is a movie where things are constantly being teased to happen and then very little comes of it. And what's more, probably the most vexing part of it is that there's zero cohesion uh, in how in how the structure of it comes together where it's like there is such a thing as like willfully refusing to give answers to a viewer but then there's this where it's just like you're just like throwing random disparate ideas at a viewer to the point that's like okay that i can tell that there's no internal logic behind the creativity going on here like and that that's that's not just frustrating that that's that's like it feels like a waste of your time honestly where it's like clearly you you didn't think this through before the camera started rolling. <laughs> yeah. Uh yeah. It's I think what was there's no payoff. There's no consistency in like the story. There's no point to the story whatsoever. It's just it there's just nothing there's really nothing here. Uh aside from maybe like one cool idea that just just pitters away. And one little gross scene. Uh, that I'll that I'll mention when we get to it, uh, which yeah, did exactly one good gore scene in the whole movie, and it was very unsettling. Um, yeah, but yeah, we'll we're gonna loosely go through this thing. Um, yeah, we uh, we cut to. Uh, did you how did you like the for some reason the music with the production logos were it was driving me nuts. I'm like that. I was like, uh oh, this is not a good start. <laughs> I don't like these noises. So, folks at home, like, if you haven't been listening to the show for any length of time, uh, Kyle and I have kind of a running gag going on between us, where I, I get frustrated with Kyle because, as he tends to say, we notice different things. Mm-hmm. Um, and for me, the score, the the soundscape, the music in particular, is is something I I can't not key in on when I'm watching a film. It's very important to my experience overall. Whereas Kyle, kind of seeks like more of just like a direct engagement with the thing to the point that's like i mean correct me if i'm wrong but it's like it's almost better if you don't notice the music because that means that you're invested to the point that like it's just part of the overall picture coming at you yeah the music's creating a feeling or some kind of um focus in me that i'm not noticing it's just one moving part yeah exactly so what what results from this is that a lot of times we'll come out of a movie and Kyle will say, "Oh, I didn't. There was music. I wasn't aware of that. No <laughs> like, idea." Whereas me, it's like I, I, I have like all the music cues. Like that's part of that's part of the experience. That's my memory of it. Like I can't. I, I actively kind of like associate the sound with the image. Um, but yeah, it's always really funny though uh, when Kyle presents to me an instance where the soundscape drew attention to itself in a way that made him made him like forced him to notice it and 
yes, Kyle. I did hear these fart horns, these digital mm-hmm. fart horns, and I was like, oh, no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, like, and this is before the movie starts. This yeah. is the production banner for the film. Yeah. And my, my first note for this fucker just says, oof, that production banner music was jank. Yeah. <laughs> I could pound that shit. Like, the neighborhood stray cat could pound that out on a Casio keyboard. Yeah. I, like, honest to God. It's pretty awful. Um, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, we cut to World War One. A bunch of dudes are about to charge. We get a little baby-faced bitch named Shakespeare, um, who's played by Jamie Bell. I, I'm just referring to... The, I'm going to objectify the other dudes in this crew once we get to it. Uh, There's a couple of names that get you you learn through repetition but the, the, mm-hmm. these are not characters these are archetypes no. like like you're yeah. i don't think you're meant to know their names but yeah the kid with the ears he's our protagonist yeah, yeah. you'll you if you're a younger listener and you watch this movie you'll think that he's tom holland it's not him uh it's no a diff- it's, it's, a, it's a it's a it's a less handsome <laughs> version it's a less handsome older tom holland a much less affable tom holland um <laughs> much yeah. much much less affable tom yeah. holland but we learn pretty quick that Shakespeare's, you know, shitting in his pants. I mean, as soldiers were one to do in World War One, it was very scary. But uh, he gets yelled at like, "Do your duty! You got to go charge this fucking thing!" Uh, and then I think Tate gets stuck. I think Sergeant Tate gets stuck in some barbed wire, and he's like needing him to come help him, and he just fucking runs off. But somehow the the issue solves itself. Okay, so. Catching up on cinema, we do full spoilers. So if yeah. you gave a single fuck about this film, uh, I guess turn it off now and go watch it on Tubi. I wouldn't. I wouldn't <laughs> Enjoy do that. Enjoy the ad breaks. <laughs> <laughs> the best part of the movie is the ad breaks. <laughs> yeah, man, I learned about Chime. I could yeah. save some money. <laughs> um, so Kyle, uh, I have I have a idea I want to toss your way. So okay. the way this movie opens and the way it it progresses especially in its finale um and it it kind of shits on its own feet like it pisses down its own leg because it had it had such a simple direct way of addressing this and making a a basic theme out of this Mm -hmm. i thought the movie was supposed to be symbolic of just like purgatory like something really really basic and easy to understand like that but then we discover oh wait there's an evil spirit or something and it's an actual physical location i i don't know what the logic's meant to be it like i said it pisses down its own leg it, it kind of shit it it ruins its own idea because the way this opening sequence ends after we get like a montage of all the main characters faces which is actually kind of a good way to introduce everybody because it shows the actor name and then mm-hmm. the character's face right before the charge pretty good uh Everything except the music uh, in the opening yeah. is okay. It's not terrible. Like, it doesn't feel terrible. Um, but the way that ends is, you're, you're right, I believe it was the sergeant. Um, he gets wrapped up in barbed wire. And then we see Jamie Bell do the... Uh, he, he crawls away. He refuses to save him. Uh, and then he's like cover he's like covering his head as sh- as artillery is raining down on them. And we, like, snap to black at an explosion which it doesn't take a genius to assume oh everybody in this movie is dead like mm-hmm. like we snap to black and then we see the title at at the sound of an explosion so it's like oh i think everybody we just saw is dead and yeah. i i was carrying that with me throughout the rest of the movie 
um, but then it like kind of tramples over its own logic. But like, did did you put any stock in that like from this opening sequence? No, I just thought we were getting a little bit like we were just meeting our main character, like who our main guy is going to be. I know that he's a coward, and then I I knew from the plot summary that they were. It's like nine soldiers survive. I'm like, okay, so we just killed a bunch of guys. We're going to have a few left, and they're going to have to go do something. But no, I did not think yeah. it was purgatory. I mean, that's what I was thinking because, like, we we didn't see how they escaped that situation, and that looked pretty gnarly. Like mm-hmm. that man was wrapped up in barbed wire. There's no way he would have gotten out of that without assistance, and they were being shelled mm-hmm. in no man's land. It's like I I kind of assume they're dead, especially when the next sequence opens with them in like a an eerie spectral fog bank and then and then there's that sequence where the guy gets his mask taken off and he doesn't die yeah and they discover it is just fog and i, I don't know i was uh, as i tend to do i was overthinking a very stupid movie yeah you were you really had your analytical mind on too early for this movie um well i mean not to like completely derail us i mean i know that's my speciality but mm-hmm. that's my specialty that's a, that's a cue you need to have on deck uh, it's yeah. my specialty <laughs> yeah bill paxton predator the, 2 look it up uh, this is one I, this is one i have for you do not be more specific <laughs> is that code for shut the fuck well i'm up? i'm saving it for uh saving it for when i know there's a stunt man or like some kind of stunt coordinator a part of it like, have you heard of this person i'm like no do not be more specific <laughs> that is not an invitation for more details just yes or no well, go, go ahead because i wanted just to say t- his name and move on trevor <laughs> i wanted to touch on the ending at the top as well so go ahead let's just derail because i'll I'll put I'll push us through. Don't get me. I'll get us through this. <laughs> okay, uh, I'll do mine. You, you, I'll show you mine. You show me yours. Okay. Uh, so, so mine, uh, just like the 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 basic premise. I was hoping it was going to be, you know, a monster fight movie, because that that's that was the promise. I was promised rats. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> like where are these monsters in yeah. these trenches? Um, but just it came to mind while I was watching the movie that like this is a not an archetypal story but this is a motif that we see repeated like for some some somewhat often where it's like a, a military unit displaced in some fashion and then they have to do battle with some supernatural element of some sort um and i i always find that idea compelling it's just it was so poorly executed in this and just to give like some examples um my brother matt uh he actually had some uh, fantasy novels uh, that he read back in the day like when we were in middle school or something called the lost regiment and it was a it was a really cool idea it was about like i think a, a regiment of union soldiers during the civil war that mysteriously get transported to like a a, a different planet or dimension or something they have to fight fucking giant orcs so it's like it's like warcraft or warhammer but with civil war soldiers um and then there's a japanese film uh, gi samurai <laughs> that's a uh, sunny chiba uh in the japanese self-defense force his his like platoon gets caught in a time rift and they go back to the the warring states period of japanese history and they join the battle with like with like an apc and assault rifles and stuff <laughs> fighting japanese soldiers on horseback with bows and arrows and, and katanas and stuff 
it's hilarious, but it's fucking cool. <laughs> I was like, wanting that from this movie, where it's like, show me rat people, show me barbed wire mummies. We don't get any of that. <laughs> like, no. Everyone in this room is now dumber. <laughs> I award you no points. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. So I, well, that's I think mine, you, Kyle. <laughs> yeah, I I think that yeah, you you were. I think I put an image in your head and you ran with it, thinking that this is yes. a possibility. <laughs> and yeah, I'm sorry if I gave you that impression. I'm sorry if I came on strong there, but uh, <laughs> I didn't mean for that to happen. <laughs> I'm sorry that happened to you. Um, uh, it, well, I wanted to just fine. say something. It's the movie's just, fault. I'm just going to say one little thing about the ending in this movie. So, spoiler alert, again, one person makes it. Obviously, it's our coward, uh, Shakespeare. But the thing is, is the reason why his life is spared is that he tries to save the German soldier who was uh, who was captive the entire time. And I'm like nothing against the uh, nothing against the German people, but from like 1914 to 1918, and then 1939 to 1945, no one in film was going to mourn a German death. That's not in German. A German soldiers, a German soldier's death. That's not in Germany, pretty much. Yeah, that's a that's difficult uh, terrain to navigate for sure. Um, but again, I feel like it's like a. A missed opportunity honestly like i thought i thought it we get like a hint like we get it teased actually when they get to the trench like what i was expecting was hey maybe we need to join up with these germans to fight these rat people or whatever the fuck's gonna be in this movie yeah. but they're instantly taken out of the equation to the point that's like oh well you know that could have been interesting but cool yeah um so yeah we'll just we'll just move along uh so yeah we wake up the next day it's morning everyone's got their gas masks on uh the guy's mask comes off he doesn't start choking and that's when they realize ah it's fog uh and then somebody near a trench just steps into a corpse that's the that's the next interesting thing (laughs) yeah uh, that is kind of that's like the introduction to the uh the trench that serves as the the lo- the general location for the remainder of the film, um, but yeah, what I what I was getting from that scene with the guy's mask being off was I was like, I was thinking on that and being like, oh, maybe he he didn't die because you can't die here or something, but no, it ends up actually just being fog, and it's like, oh, no, that, well, that was a waste of my time. Cool, thanks. Um, I did like the Scottish guy; he was kind of fun. Um, he has he has a, a line he spits out there every once in a while. There's actually some okay dialogue in this movie. It, I would not be surprised at all if a lot of it was improvised because a lot of these actors seem to be pretty decent. I mean, Andy Serkis, of course, is on a different fucking level. He's also the first person to speak on camera, by the way. Um, but yeah, the Scottish guy has this thing where he's always put on point. And, he, and he's always like muttering about like how come it's always how come I'm always first is it a Scottish thing <laughs> he's like that's racist yeah. <laughs> but but yeah uh, we get this like kind of neat moment where like they step inside the chest cavity of of a a corpse that I would describe as spongy 
uh, mm. which is legitimately kind of gruesome because it's just like a mud-covered corpse that like the foot just sinks into it. Like it, it's pretty gnarly. But yeah. yeah, this is where they they stumble across the Germans, and there's this like half second of kind of interesting tension where they see these Germans down in this trench, and they're paying the Germans are paying the British soldiers no mind. Like they're mm-hmm. facing the op, they're facing their backs to them, and they seem to be yelling at them trying to get their attention about something rather than trying to fight them or even surrender honestly um it starts out kind of interesting but uh it very quickly resolves itself because they i think they kill all but one of them like Mm -hmm. instantly like andy circus doesn't even say a word like he just starts bashing heads in yeah dude he is world war one animal mother like he is this is they sent him to murder people and he was like yes thank you i will murder people for the for the crown <laughs> yeah he's a he's subhuman in this like ironically he's basically playing like an urukai or an orc in this like like he, he is he is not he's not a typical human being he is bloodthirsty and i find that he is the most fun when he is untethered because i uh, black panther he is great he is a crazy person uh he does not leave an impression on you in the prestige because he's, I think he's just playing like an American butler, so he's just kind of boring. But yeah, he's my favorite part of this movie, uh, obviously. Oh yeah, no, he steals the show every time he's on camera. He has a he has a wonderful ability to just express energy, like mm-hmm. like just his his eyes, his physicality. Like there's a reason he he's such a specialist with that performance capture stuff is because he his just his movement and the expressions on his face are so loud and big. Um, but yeah, he's excellent in this. Uh, mm-hmm. I really liked when he's uh, he's like beating the one German guy to death, and uh, he like mutters to himself, and he hits this very particular tone where he says, "Just doing me job." Mm-hmm. Um, but the way he says it, it's like he's talking to him, he's justifying his actions, basically, mm-hmm. like his savagery, where he's like, "It it it's all it's all in the day's work. Like this isn't me being a, a butcher or a savage. This is me doing, as Kyle said, doing it for the crown." Yeah. Um, but yeah, we're gonna. By the way, he gets a spiked club that he hangs on to for oh. the rest of the movie. <laughs> yeah, he saw that and he's like, "Yes, that is mine, and I will be using that." I was excited. I'm like, "That's a, that's a rat basher, dude. That's that's what I you know. need." Yeah. I know, and he doesn't really get to do anything with it to the point that like you could see him like relishing every opportunity to like whack that into a log, because like so many scenes in this movie are punctuated by Andy Circus whacking this this club with nails sticking out of it into a log but he mm-hmm. basically never gets to hit a human being with it on no. camera anyway i wanted him to go nuts on some Bullshit. rats i was excited when i saw him like oh he's gonna kill some rats with that not a single rat <laughs> but yeah so the one german is all worked up because he's like no 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 no. Uh, no 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 we can't we, you can't stay here or whatever like nobody knows what he's saying but you can tell that he's very scared uh but the officer is like uh yeah tall blonde guy uh he's barely a character in this movie um, tall blonde guy's like we're gonna we gotta search the trench and we're gonna we're gonna hold the trench we're gonna we're gonna secure it or whatever and just stay here I guess until we can get somebody to come pick us up because there's only nine of us and we need help out of here. Um, we learn a little bit about Shakespeare. He lies about his age. He's actually 16. I don't know if he lied to get into the military. Uh, like he's actually 16, but they kind of suggest that that's uh, that's what he's his deal is. Um, again, we learned a little bit more about Andy Zirkus. He's just an untethered, crazy person. Um, 
Is this where he tries to scalp the dude? Is it pretty yeah, early that's, on? That's a that's a little bit later, but yes, later. that does in fact happen. Okay. Um, but he does have a really cool line around here. Where, um, he just kind of, out of nowhere, just tosses out there that he went to Blackpool once. Mm. And then everybody... It, this is like right after he beat a man to death, by the way. And like his compatriots are like, was it nice there? And he just pauses for a second. He says, I killed a man there. Yeah, it was nice. Yeah. <laughs> I'm insane with anger! Yeah. <laughs> I mean that is his character in those. Yeah. Um but yeah, we gotta we gotta secure the trench. So I guess we got some of the boys splitting up, uh going down the different paths. Uh we do see we see rats, again, the cocktease that is the rats in these movies, uh just kind of strewn about. There is one scene where the officer's just sitting there and he just like picks one up and throws it, I'm like that is fucking disgusting. I would never want to be so comfortable with rats being around me that I'm just over it. And I'm just picking up and tossing them. Yeah, that, that I mean, that's actually like the one straight up compliment I can pay this movie. Honestly, is uh, the production design. Uh, oh yeah, and some of the lighting and some of the shots are actually. It's a really nice movie to look at a lot of the time. Well, uh, the only thing I would, the only thing I would, I would say, and there's there's a couple of caveats to that. One, uh, some of the special effects are pretty raggedy um even by the standards of 2002 it's just like one of those situations where it's like we know it's 2002 but you should have known better mm-hmm. like you should have known the limitations of the technology and your budget um but the other one is that the color grade uh gets really funky in the last third like it, mm-hmm. it starts turning very blue and it feels like evocative of saving private ryan a little bit um but it feel it feels sloppy because it wasn't there until like the last third of the movie. So I don't know if I don't know if they hired a new person to take over for the the last reel of the film or something. But it starts to look a little odd. Some something is amiss. This seems like it was a terrible movie to work on because it lo- it looks legit cold outside and it's raining most of this movie. Yeah, uh, it's it's a very wet movie. There's like all the costuming and stuff involves layers of mud and just grunge and stuff. It, like I said, like there's a lot of attention in, de- in detail in the props and the costuming and the set dressings. Like it's, it's actually a well-considered production that way. Uh, but yeah, it does look like it was probably fairly miserable, especially when you, you really think about how a lot of the character work and the scenes are put together. Like it feels like maybe they shot reels and reels and reels of just guys doing military stuff and then you know it probably required a lot of physical effort on the part of the cast is what i'm getting at it's just like go run down this trench go roll around in this mud go whack this log and stuff like that day in and day out uh yeah so uh there's an explosion i don't know why there's an explosion but there's an explosion um and then there's the bloody sand hinting at something evil going on yeah, hinting at something that amounts to absolutely nothing. Nothing. That was such a cool image. Mm-hmm. And and it's actually like played up pretty well cuz there's like an ambient rumble. Mm-hmm. Like it, it it's almost like uh, the mummy or, or like a traditional monster movie where it's like in detonating those charges. By the way, those were intentional detonations. They were trying to close off like routes within the trench to like reduce the amount of square footage they had to patrol. Um but in doing that it's followed by like a gurgling and growling sound that that's actually 
okay like it 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 tells the viewer something bad came of that like they unsettled something is what i'm getting at Mm -hmm. and then we get this close-up of the walls fucking bleeding which amounts to exactly nothing yeah like like i i could not believe that they would not follow up on that even a little bit like that was shocking to me like how do you squander that opportunity yeah I was thinking, I'm like, what does this even mean? It's just one of those scenes. It's like, what is? The, I can't wait for them to explain this. This is this should be. This is interesting. Yeah, never happens. Doesn't happen. Well, that that's the problem, though, Kyle. It, you don't even have to explain it. All you need to do is keep it consistent. Show that, and then show what comes of that. But no, mm. they like basically forget about it. And it's like it, that's what's frustrating is, is knowing that they have some cool ideas that it's just. None of it's stitched together in a satisfying way, and none of it pays off, even a little bit, mm. which is bizarre to me. Like I, I don't know how, <laughs> I don't know how this project came together, but it it reeks of maybe not everything being done by the time the camera started rolling or something. Uh, yeah. Um. So next thing is that uh, what's his face? Shakespeare is trying to drink out of his canteen, but there's a rattle or something. Come to find out, and his canteen was a bullet. Uh, I guess it saved him. It would have been shot in the shot in the hip somewhere. Um, and then we find some morphine, and then that's when I realized, oh, there's somebody injured. Like I had no fucking idea that somebody got injured. Yeah, they were hauling a stretcher when we saw them in the fog. Mm. Um, but th- this this is not a character. I was referring to them as the injured man because he shows up three t- like three times in the movie, and all he does is try to wiggle a finger and slowly die <laughs> yeah <laughs> like he, he's he's not really a character honestly um but the people t- the people tending to him actually are prominent characters though um mm. there's the medic and then uh the religious fella uh yeah the priest his uh, name's was i was either calling him the priest the communications guy or i think his actual name is bradford his name is Bradford in the film. His the actor's name is Hugh O'Connor. He's the one from Three Musketeers. Uh, I just thought I was just calling him the Irishman because he's an Irish actor, but I don't think he's supposed to be Irish in this film. Um, but yeah, so uh, I did like the one thing that there were a couple of payoffs in this movie for me, and one of them was I'm like, he someone has to to jerk it to those nudie photos that this uh, I call him British Rain Wilson. Um, uh, I'm like somebody's gonna jerk off to those photos but yeah he finds some uh, some nudie photos some black obviously some black and white nudie photos um and, uh, he's just like oh yeah and uh <laughs> just creepily looking at them while the dude's just kind of standing next to him um but yeah then we're trying to get out of there like uh the the lieutenant the officer is doing like a like an sos like hey we need you guys to come save us yeah and uh our Irish fella, the the priest or whatever you want to call him, uh, he's assigned to be like the communications person mm-hmm. uh, for the remainder of the film, and he's <laughs> he actually pulls it out of the mud and he's like, "Hey, they got one of them newfangled crystal radios in here," <laughs> um, and he gets it working kind of, um, but they get like some scattered sounds. Uh, it sounds like gunfire on the other end, and they can't really have a conversation like it's just they're they're able to get noise and that's abruptly cut off and the captain uh immediately says do not tell the men Mm -hmm. uh, that that we have failed to make contact and we're on our own because everybody's like kind of banking on like a pickup 
like like that a, a different unit will will come to retrieve them or something while they hold this enemy trench but um as we see there it's not in the cards it's not going to happen um but it's here where we get uh the mud man uh, mm. there's a there's a german soldier doing a a dutch schaefer uh, impression from mm. predator he's yeah. just kind of, kind of like curled up in a fetal position covered in in grayish mud and his eyes snap open and he doesn't go oh! <laughs> but but he does uh try to fight um i was yeah. calling him greasy uh, yeah <laughs> i had him down as the mud german i'm like oh mud german now here's where you have uh here's where you have an opportunity for well a movie um i thought this is what i'm like okay so it might not be rats i'm like okay this is an interesting idea where you have a trench full of presumably uh dead german soldiers but it would be really interesting if one by one these dead germans like these dead german soldiers are actually alive and they end up as guys kind of are going through the trenches snapping them snapping snapping them up i'm like that's a good that's a good idea and they're possessed somehow like there's some kind of possessed demons or uh, possessed german uh soldiers I'm like that's a interesting idea that's fun i can i can walk with this i i yeah i'm in 100 percent agreement kyle uh, <laughs> this is yet another one of those things that's like you, you were onto something yep you just totally failed to capitalize on what could have been as kyle said a movie mm-hmm. because i don't need i don't need these to be zombies i know zombies were very much in vogue around 2002 and and continue to be to this day i don't actually need that i know call of duty has their nazi zombies mode that all the kids are in love with and whatnot we got walking dead on tv and whatnot still Mm -hmm. as far as i know i don't need that but we get some images and some like ideas for like monsters in this movie that would have been at least compelling like like it it, it would have been something but yeah i i would have been perfectly fine with like german soldiers reanimating like, wouldn't it be so cool to have, like, an aliens kind of moment where, like, all the bodies that they've been dragging around through the trenches and, like, piling up start moving as soon as night falls or something? and Or, you know, maybe we stretch it out where people keep going missing every night, one at a time, when, when they're on the Death Watch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and then, you know, we have a late movie or mid-movie reveal that, oh my god, they're coming out of the goddamn walls or something. <laughs> but no, it's not that. That would explain the blood in the wall. Yeah. Or maybe have a sequence where there's a dude, like, halfway lodged into one of the trench walls, and he's, like, trying to get out, and they think he gets, like, sucked through, and they're like, what the fuck mm. was that? It's like, oh, shit, this is, like, it's a... Indian burial ground in in <laughs> World War One in yeah. Germany or France or uh, France. <laughs> at least it, at least that would have been something. But but no no this is just a muddy German who decides to scrap with one of the soldiers before uh, they shoot him at least twice and then Andy Circus insists on trying to scalp him. Mm-hmm. Okay, kill him. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He he insists on. To the point, I think Tate goes up to him with the gun, is like, "Stop it!" He's like, "Oh no, 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 no! I'm gonna, I'm gonna scalp this dude." Uh, yeah, he's for sure gonna scalp. Him. Now, was that a thing? Because that was um, the Nazi scalps and Inglorious Bastards was a thing. I don't know if that was a thing that people were actually doing to German soldiers. I have no idea. Okay. Um, admittedly, dis- despite the past like 
I don't know, seven, eight years or so, like, despite World War One being really, really, like, in the public eye, like, in the past, like, decade or so. Yeah, no, I we... don't know what happened there. Like, we went really hard on World War One, like, since, like, 2016-ish. Well, that's because Steven Spielberg pretty much just wrung the sponge on anything you can do with World War Two. He went from Schindler's List, and then he did Saving Private Ryan. I'm like, what else can you, what else can you do with World War Two at that point? Fury, which was pretty good, uh, but yeah, I think we're like Let, let's go back to World War One for a little bit. Let's see, let's see about that. I think I think that is mostly the case. Like if we're being a hundred percent honest, I think it's mostly just we we have done World War Two to the point that's like it can't really be done. It can different be, or better. It cannot be done better. That yeah. Yeah, so it's like okay, let's not try to do that. Otherwise, we'll make fools of ourselves trying to top fucking Spielberg. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so let's move on to World War One. I. I have I have read a couple like think pieces here and there that like part of it might just be the I don't know the general vibe of nihilism and, and apathy uh, of the past decade or so, and as as it relates to World War One, it's often thought of as kind of a a shitty lost cause world event where it's like what the fuck was the point of that <laughs> at least world war ii it's like it's a little bit easier to like point at things and say yeah they suck yeah like, those people suck Genes- a little bit more like a lot a bit more than those people yeah <laughs> multinational gem- genocide yeah that's what we were yeah, trying to it's take like, yeah. those people it's like we kind of suck those people they really <laughs> suck <laughs> but Man. world war one it, it was more just like yeah this sucks everybody sucks <laughs> do you think it's because we do bad things as a country and we're like hey at least we're not you know doing what the germans did back then we're not that bad yeah at least we're not doing what those euro folk were doing <laughs> i think like, all we did was show up and clean up their mess we <laughs> you yeah, would say yeah <laughs> we've been doing some pretty shit we've been doing some pretty shitty shit recently they better dust off a good world war ii movie to remind us how bad it used to be <laughs> uh but yeah i have no idea about scalping and whatnot. okay I, that was a long shot a, yeah well, basically, I don't know about, like, the ritualistic element of things, but basically I read it as a terrible thing that a human being can do to another. Mm-hmm. So it's not a surprise to me that it would happen on pretty much any battlefield. Um, by the way, uh, we didn't point out that Andy Circus is dressed like an albino ape. Um, yeah. <laughs> he, is, he is shaggy. The he looks white like ape. like a fucking Wookiee. Yeah. Yeah, he looks like... Uh, Kyle, have you ever seen um, the... Uh, the additional scene from A New Hope from Star Wars, um, where Han Solo meets Jabba. Yeah, um, yeah. Have you ever seen it without the CGI? I've seen where the fat dude talks to him. Yes, that's ex- he's dressed like that guy. He's dressed like yeah. the stand-in for Jabba uh, from the special edition of A New Hope. Yeah. Um, yeah, I know exactly what you're referring to. Um, awesome. Yeah. So we get the uh, we get King Louis. Uh, talking about the little Irish dude, talking about how we shouldn't be here or whatever. It's like, yeah, nobody should be here. It's fucking war, dude. Uh, and, th- and then I think Tate just kind of walked. No, no, it's uh, Zerkus just comes through and is just like, stay alert, stay awake. I'm like, yeah, no shit. Uh, we're in an active war zone. I'm going to be awake. Um, yeah, so there, this is where I can't remember which guy this is. Um, uh, Shakespeare and this other guy are going to take the German into what maybe is an outhouse. I'm not entirely sure. Uh, the trench outhouse. But they're sticking him, they want to stick him in some kind of room. And the German is not happen, having it. 
yeah the german only speaks german at this point mm-hmm. um, so er- nobody can understand him oh um, but yes he absolutely <laughs> will not go into the hold or whatever this is it's a steel hatch of some sort but the the fellow that you're thinking of is is the scotsman the scotsman um, okay he gets kicked in the he gets kicked in the junk here i do like when they're like does anybody speak german and andy circus i think you think that andy circus is going to be the one that comes speak german and all he does is just start screaming in English. <laughs> he just starts yelling. I'm and, like, yeah. And, and choking him. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so whatever replies come out, you can't really escape. <laughs> yeah. Uh... He kicked me in the, uh, in the balls. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's for you. Now, folks at home, you, you probably don't know who that was. But yeah. I do. Yeah. And I appreciate it. Thank yeah. you, boy. Uh, yeah, so the German ends up kicking the Scotsman in the balls, and he's like, shoot him! <laughs> shoot him! Or well, he's like, what? What do you do? He's like, he shoot kicked me. Her! Shoot her! I was like, yeah, shoot him. Um, uh, <laughs> he kicked me in the balls. <laughs> hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Shoot it. Shoot it. Tell them to shoot it. <laughs> there you go. Thank you, Ludlow. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, he's he's just not having it. No, no. Eventually, they do force him in, but yeah, uh, he puts up quite the fight. This German guy is thoroughly spooked. Um, he does not want to go in that hole. Um, and this is where uh, we get our uh, our resident pervert uh, getting ready to jack it. Oh, mama! Oh, oh mama! Yeah, he is. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he is ready to crank down. Uh. Yeah, and we. <laughs> I mean, this is a European production, so I, I guess I shouldn't be surprised. I was half expecting to just see him whip it out, but um, he, he, we get to see some pantomime. Like, there is a flap. There's a, a met, like a chainmail flap. There's a squishing. Yes, we hear squishing. Yeah. And we see the motion, like, in, in the frame. Like, we see the hand, and we see the flap, like... Yeah. Yeah, no, there's, <laughs> there's noises. This is... I mean, there's... Angela's ashes. Just watch Angela's ashes someday. Uh, Jesus, uh, <laughs> it's well, what's, what, what's really funny here is that we 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 do get like the the flapping. We get some squishing yeah. noises, um, yeah. and then we get a uh, the the most stock gun sound effect you could ever find. Um, if you have ever played GoldenEye uh, on the Nintendo sixty four, this is the sound effect for the reload of every gun in that game it just goes and we mm. hear it more than once on the soundtrack for this film and it's like oof oof you have so many you have so many free mp3s floating around out there and you went with that one fuck <laughs> well the the thing that sucks is, is i don't think he got to bust a nut which is disappointing no because uh, he's gonna die real soon um yeah so this is british rain wilson uh he, he hears some noise i guess that was the clicking gun and he goes to investigate and this is where we get a pretty cool little scene the actually maybe the only good actual sequence because we've actually built towards this because that's kind of like we get a little bit of a tease with the mud german earlier uh and then we get this three like just three uh, silhouettes standing in the distance and i'm i'm terrified i'm like oh that's pretty fucking scary you turn the corner and see that well, yeah, and and this was this was such a shame because had they had they stuck with this motif, I would have been perfectly fine. Like mm-hmm. I would have enjoyed this. I would yeah. have been absolutely fine with barbed wire covered like German mummies. Yeah, like that would be awesome actually because it's like it's heavily symbolic of 
of that particular conflict. When you think of World War One, you think of barbed wire, you think of trenches, you think of gas. How about having like physical manifestations of those horrors from that particular war? Like yeah. symbolic of, you know, the, the rage and the violence that came from that conflict. And, you know, you, these are really basic ideas that, that you very easily could have pursued and it would have made a much more streamlined, far more enjoyable experience. But these things are here for just this scene. And the only movement they perform in the entire movie is uh, off screen. Like we see some CGI wire articulation coming out of one of them. They're inanimate when he approaches them. Why he approached them, I have no idea. Nope. Because uh, <laughs> they were not there when they arrived. No. Um, and one of them like goes to grab him and then we cut away. And that's the extent of the barbed wire German mummies. That's all you Fuck, need. Fuck, man. I, I, give me more of that. Just yeah. stick with the fucking barbed wire mummies. But this was perfect. This is how you introduce what you're, what you're dealing with. It's just a little... You just got to build to it. And they did... This was really good. But that's it. We're done with that. We're done with that whole thing. Yeah. We never see that again. No. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah. This is... I think this is where we get the... No English, but he can speak French. And uh, Shakespeare cannot speak French. <laughs> He's just like... I, I don't know what he says. He says we're going to die. I don't know. <laughs> I can't really tell. Yeah, and I like that he gives up by the end of the movie. Because yeah. he has a couple of dialogue exchanges with the German guy towards the end of the movie. And it's 100% in English. So it's mm-hmm. like, I guess Jamie Bell just threw his hands up and said, fuck it. I'm not learning French for I'm... this piece of shit. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think we... we they find, uh, they find Ger- uh, British Rain Wilson in uh, wrapped up in barbed wire. Uh, we're not getting any answers out of the German dude. Uh, and I think we decide to burn the dudes in barbed wire. I think we torch them. Yeah, that's how the scene ends. They burn yeah. They burn those things, which I guess confirms that they are there. Yeah. Um, but they don't move anymore. They just burn them. Cool. Yeah. Uh, then we get a pile of dead German soldiers. And then we get the grenade question. It's funny. I've, I, I have asked this question while while like playing video games and whatnot uh jamie bell asks are these better than ours and i have asked that question not to anybody verbally but i've thought it where it's like man those uh, those potato masher hand grenades those steel hand granates or whatever they're called they do look like they're better than like a, a standard standard like pineapple grenade from the day yeah i was trying to think like maybe like yes they're i think you could throw them easier you might be able to get some more range out of yeah. them but I was also tomahawk it, you know. But I was also thinking like the difference between like uh, an American football and like a baseball. Like if you're trying to a baseball bounces and it usually drops, it'll like drop and not go very far. Uh, uh, American football, it'll bounce. You don't know where it's gonna go. Like it could bounce anywhere. And I was wondering like maybe the stick, maybe it keeps it from being like catchable. Like it's harder to find out where it's gonna go. It might bounce a little bit more. But I don't know. I mean, I. I know that the handle doubles as, you know, something to improve the throwing motion. Mm-hmm. I, I, I seem to remember that, like, apparently, like, Americans have an aptitude for throwing that is a little uncommon for every part of the world. Mm. Um, because baseball, back in the day, was so popular and whatnot. Ah. Um, but also the, the wooden handle explodes and, you know, fragments and oh. it can really hurt people. <laughs> okay, why was there a baseball bat in England? That's a good point. I mean, I I want to say that the thing that Andy Serkis has is more of just like a 
like a handcrafted cudgel of some sort. That's a club. That's not a baseball bat. That's a club. (laughs) I thought it was a baseball bat with nails in it, but I might have to go back. It's a little too fat. It's it's a little fat for a baseball bat. Okay. Okay, I was gonna say like they don't. It's not a it's not a Louisville slugger. <laughs> I was gonna say they don't play baseball over there. How'd they get that? Um, <laughs> they would play cricket. Cricket, yeah, exactly. It's a different bat. I know that because I've seen Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Because uh, he has to explain. That's it. the only reason yeah. I know that. Exactly. <laughs> cricket. Um, yeah, pile of Germans, grenades. Okay, yeah. Then we just start throwing. I don't know what the plan is here because it was extra British through here, and I didn't understand what they were saying. Um, <laughs> Sorry, guys. Couldn't, can't, can't always understand you. There's a good line here where Jamie Bell actually asked the medic guy, like, why are we doing this? Mm-hmm. Like, why are we here? Um, and he he pauses and he, like, trips over his own words. And he's like, uh, well, sometimes it's just better to be doing something. Yeah. As it, It's like, wow, that's the military experience in a nutshell, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, uh, that, uh, <laughs> Yes, it very much is. Um... But yeah, so they're just like, we're going to bomb these trenches. Because I think they think that there are Germans in the trenches and they're just hiding. So I thought maybe they were like throwing grenades into there to smoke some dudes out. Um, and it does seem like they throw one into like the last one and then like some noise happens. Um, and then it's the, they do the same thing they did with the, the charges that they blew earlier. Yeah. Where they blow stuff up in the trenches and then we hear like some sort of animalistic growling noise um and then kyle like how confused were you by the sequence that follows this oh dude i, I literally i have i have a sound bite uh, for this that i've been waiting to use here we go what the fuck is going on <laughs> that's, that's the best way <laughs> i well, would actually I, I i'll do you one better kyle because the one that came to my mind like especially by the time you by the time the scene wraps and you realize what what was supposed to be being conveyed with that series of events was from Tommy Boy, Chris Farley, bees! Millions of bees! <laughs> They're ripping my flesh! Your weapons are useless yeah. against them! <laughs> yeah, that's that's kind of... Uh, Chinese bamboo is very strong! That's kind of what's happening. I just did, <laughs> I just did that in for levity. <laughs> just to kind of mix it up. <laughs> No, because what what I'm trying to get at there is if 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 our listeners recall that sequence in Tommy Boy is Chris Farley running away from imaginary bees. Yeah, so <laughs> it's a charade, and that's what the next three minutes of this movie is: people being attacked by sounds. Well, yeah, no because, visual elements, not even a color tone, well, not even like a haze put over the lens. Well, Trevor, because so far we've been told where the story is going. So this sequence is very jarring because it's like, okay, uh, let's get back to what the movie's supposed to be with the with the Germans kind of coming back from the dead and killing people. Like, yeah, no, we're not gonna do that. So we're just gonna have uh, we're gonna have bombs and gunfire playing in the background, and we're gonna have this British officer running around screaming Tate for three minutes. And I think the re- this is where the rest of the guys are kind of just like ducking down, like looking for stuff and nothing is happening, nobody's coming, nobody's taking over the trenches, they're not getting bombed with anything. And then this fucking, I think the handsome guy comes around, and the officer just shoots him in the head. Yeah, that would be the actor, I, the German actor that I mentioned had has been in some international 
like blockbuster movies. He basically is the handsome guy. I was calling yeah. him greasy because he's shown like combing his hair at the beginning of the movie. But yeah, he gets popped in the face. But yeah, I have five question mark statements in a row just in the in this three minutes. It's Bring it. artillery, gunfire, fog, hissing, hollering, and then I came to the realization, oh my god, we are staging an action sequence with purely sound effects. Mm-hmm. Like there there's there's no like squibs going off in the terrain, there's no explosion. This is all just sound and we're cutting to all these people reacting to nothing happening. Mm-hmm. And I was like, "Oh wow, we had no money." Like like when it came to staging the sequence, apparently we thought this was this was going to work. Like this mm-hmm. this was not going to come across as really cheap and lazy. Um but yeah, it's ultimately very confusing and uh basically yeah the captain he loses his shit and he accidentally shoots one of his troops in the forest. yeah um the the reaction that these dudes have to their buddy being shot in the head is like well i guess that happened like no nobody reacts to it appropriately yeah the sarge like demands he he takes the sidearm from the captain but like there's not a whole lot of fireworks after that. They they're all just kind of dejected, and uh, the sergeant his response is to he's supposed to be like the consummate like duty driven soldier man, I guess, because his his reaction is to go clean his rifle, and then throughout the entire movie, Jamie Bell is asking him to take charge because the cap just shot a man, yeah, <laughs> um, and he's losing his shit. But the sergeant's like, no, I'm the sergeant. He's the officer. That's not how this works. I'm still adhering to the, you know, the chain of command. Dude, there's a movie with Kevin Bacon and Sean Astin from the '80s called, I think, it was White River, White River Summer, where it is Sean Astin as an older kid, like like an older, like maybe later teenager or maybe early twenties, telling the story about him as a kid which is him as a kid like they actually like took the time waited till he was older then had him go back and narrate it but kevin bacon is like a crazy camp counselor um and he's like taking these boys out on like a like a whole nature hike like bushwhacked kind of thing and he's making them like do things a certain way and he's really hard on them to the point where uh he leaves sean astin hanging from like a zip like the like a but like a rope like you do for rock climbing he's supposed to go across this bridge and swing he's just like we're gonna leave him here and he'll he'll find his way down and they fucking snap on him and they take over <laughs> that shit and that was just because they were kind of freaked out by him like yeah this sergeant's a fucking pussy like he needs to actually do something they smash his head with a rock by the way <laughs> yeah <laughs> between that and sleepers uh you know i've heard kevin bacon's a really nice guy but not in movies to kids apparently <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> hi your kids kevin bacon's coming into the movie um yeah. uh yeah that's the movie I, i've only seen it the one time i wouldn't mind i think i'd like to go back and uh cover that one because i feel like that'd be an interesting one to to check out as an adult i would be i would be very interested because i in general i like kevin bacon mm-hmm. as a performer and uh sean astin whatever <laughs> but i get it I, is it is it from like that 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 sweet spot the 90s era i think it's i think it's a late 80s movie i'll i'll double check um to see okay exactly. well that that's a good time for for both of them so yeah, yeah I, I would check that out if you wanted to review it sometime yeah um but yeah what do we got what do we got coming up here next uh headshot tate's complaining this is yeah he's spending a lot of time 
complaining to uh, to Sergeant Tate, and Tate's just like, I'm going to clean my gun. I don't know what you're talking about. The lieutenant's just fine. Um, and then I guess we decide that we're just going to stay the night again and try to figure out what's happening. Uh, I would be moving. I would be moving along. <laughs> yeah, so we, we cut to the next night watch, and this time, uh, instead of the pervy guy who is now dead, uh, Andy Circus is on watch, and we get this nifty little moment where like all the lanterns blow out in sequence by a wind that doesn't exist. <laughs> um, we It's around here that the, uh, the religious fella, the um, Irishman, he's starting to... Uh, act a little weird um, we did see that he's bleeding profusely from his leg by the way um, he has a nasty leg wound um, but he just like pops up in front of one of the people that's on watch yeah. and just doesn't talk he just stands there and nods like a fucking idiot <laughs> and creeps him out um, but anyway for whatever reason the German guy who's he's like held captive still so he's tied and bound and stuff he's screaming about something um, and the Scotsman can't find the priest. Uh, he, the Scotsman is on watch. Uh, basically, he's supposed to be relieving the priest, mm-hmm. um, but he's disappeared. Uh, and the Scotsman starts doing. He starts pulling a captain, and he starts shooting at random. He starts shooting at voices in the night. Yeah, he has seen nothing. He just hears sounds, and then he takes off running. And this was this is where I kind of decided like I, this movie. Mm-hmm. This movie is no good. Yep. Um, uh, he he runs down a trench and uh, he is assaulted by a cloud of red CGI mist. Mm-hmm. Oh, I I lost it when the uh, the officer before he shot the dude in the head when he they were just running around hearing it. I'm like, oh no, this is done. But yeah, there's just a uh, yeah. there's just a CGI demon mist that comes out of nowhere. It it it's basically it's it looks like the bees from the lawnmower man, but red. Uh, that may be a reference you don't get now, but hopefully somebody out there does. It, it's terrible, and it easily could have been achieved on film practically with a spray bottle filled with red food coloring water. Yeah, and they don't do that. <laughs> uh, yeah, I have to correct myself real quick. The movie is called White Water Summer from 1987. Thank you. There Thank we go. You. Now, we, um, now we got it locked in. Now we can. Now we can move on. Um, yeah, because like if we're like, why aren't they talking about this blood demon? Like that's it. That's all we can really say. Is just it just kind of that's it. That's it. it. It's it's there for one shot. And it's gone, never to be <laughs> thought of or spoken of again. Yeah, and I guess Sergeant, uh, who who wants the, the Scotsman? The Scotsman's like fuck this. Some CGI blood demon just sprayed me in the face. I didn't like it, and he's like, I'm fucking, I'm going. And this is where the the lieutenant just comes up or captain or whatever he is and he's like deserters are going to be shot and i'm like motherfucker you haven't even been doing anything so now you're gonna you're gonna step in um but yeah fucking uh andy zirkus swings his big dick in here and uh he takes care of the situation oh yeah he he puts the captain thoroughly in his place he Mm. gives him a tongue lashing and then like a, a physical thrashing on top of that mm-hmm. um and in the midst of the confusion the scotsman actually does just bolt like he, he takes off mm-hmm. um and we like start like shooting flares up in the air to like try to keep tabs on him i guess and then he is shot by the priest yeah by the person whose post he was you know re- relieving um and jamie bell is the only one to see that but we the viewer are aware of that um and then we get a very confusing series of events where uh jamie bell goes off running uh, looking for the priest who who 
slipped into the night whilst the medic uh, crawls up into he crawls out of the trench to go retrieve the Scotsman so we were like cutting back and forth between these two searching parties and then Kyle would you care to let the folks at home know what becomes of our beloved Scotsman well dude this this sequence like Sterling K Brown's death in the predator was easier to catch than what happens in this because it's so fucked like uh, a fucking King Louis I guess says they have to stay and then a fucking trimmer comes up out of the fucking ground I'm like now we're going with trimmers I'm like literally we're just okay whatever we can do we're just throwing against the wall we're gonna try everything again we're getting further and further away from the thing that we thought was happening with the the dead German soldiers coming back but there's a fucking trimmer in this movie yeah there is a goddamn graboid on this battlefield in France in World War One, it's either a graboid or a screamer from the film Screamers, which is a movie Ugh. I'm sure Kyle pre- would prefer not to remember. I <laughs> I don't <laughs> remember. <laughs> good, good for you. <laughs> it was it it did not hold up as well as I had hoped it did. <laughs> but um, yeah, a subterranean digging <laughs> what's it attacks the Scotsman and yanks him underground. It's the effect is achieved just fine like mm-hmm. it actually looks pretty good um but why not nearly as traumatic as the uh, the quicksand in the jungle book uh, oh. live action jungle book that yeah uh, that scared a whole generation of kids yeah it really did uh, i any any kid who grew up with that movie uh, remembers that scene and probably just that scene honestly. well there was several years ago people from our generation were just like i thought quicksand was going to be a bigger deal when i was an adult and it's because <laughs> of that scene in that movie i'm pretty sure that was brutal like that was really really awful yeah like, uh, i i actually would care to go back and rewatch that movie just maybe just that scene just because like, there's a lot of people with shared trauma over that sequence but mm-hmm. um yeah the scotsman gets pulled underground and as kyle had said um this is the only time this happens in the movie uh and we never actually see what grabbed him mm. Ex- excuse me uh, what yeah <laughs> nothing what <laughs> just so many what's and why's right um, we have a confrontation with the uh, the priest uh he's he uh, jamie bell corners him for a second and the priest goes on about how he can feel death in him and he he says the words that i was expecting somebody to say at some point he says we're dead charlie i know that now i died here and i just didn't realize it i was wrong god is dead we're all alone that last bit I I don't really care about, but the the I died here and I just didn't realize it was what I was expecting, like like wholeheartedly. Mm-hmm. That's kind of what I thought this movie was trying to be, but it's not that. <laughs> like like it, it thinks it's that, but the way it's conveyed in the film, uh, it it doesn't come together. It it just doesn't. Yeah, this is um, something that drives me nuts in movies especially when it's a horror movie it's the uh it's only in this person's head that it's happening or it's in their heads that it's happening i fucking hate that it's such a crutch it's not interesting and it it just fucking sucks uh the other one is split personality you can just fuck shut up i hate it so much this is borderline that where it's kind of just all happening in their heads there's no real threat it's just all in their heads it's funny because I I'm not gonna say the name of the movie just in case somebody out there would care to see it, but I can think of a movie that has 
both of those things mm-hmm. <laughs> in the same movie. Yeah. I probably know what it, it is. Has Joan, it has John Cusack in it. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that movie's awful. Uh, <laughs> it's really it's really bad. Um, so, yeah. So, Circus has lost his mind at this point. Uh, I didn't see where they tied the dude up to a tree. I just... So, I didn't even notice he was there. Circus is just, like, in no man's land. Just up there, just, like, screaming. And then he turns around... And I thought he was going to hit the tree, but I'm like, oh shit, there's a dude attached to the tree. I didn't even notice him. He hits this German dude in the ribs with this club with nails in it. Not baseball bat, club. (laughs) I Uh, mean, you can still call it a bat. It's just not a baseball bat. It's a bat. (laughs) But um, yeah, uh, I I had a chuckle over the sequence, and I'll I'll explain it later. Um, But yeah... uh, Andy Serkis somehow just had the man strength to, to take another human being and string him up several feet above the ground on a tree. Um, and yeah, he, he, he does the uh, Jennifer Love Hewitt and I Know What You Did Last Summer. What are you waiting for? Yeah. <laughs> Come and Come get me! Get me. Uh, yeah, I'm just like, Andy Serkis is like the same height as fucking uh, Tom Cruise. I'm like, he's not lifting a full-grown man of nailing him to a fucking tree. Come on. Yeah, I, I don't doubt that the man is powerful. I mean, he's very physical. He's played many a gorilla in cinema, but it, stringing a man up by his wrist several feet above the ground, he's not leopard strong. He's not a no. jaguar. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, he's, he's not, this German with a he's bat. He's not a jaguar. <laughs> a jaguar. Jaguar, yeah. Uh, yeah, so, yeah, he just hits him, and then... You can hear him scream. Like, they're back in the trenches, and they're just like, we gotta go get him, dude. He's fucking lost it. <laughs> he is, you go talk to him. Yeah, yeah he is... I mean, he, it's like it's like Lethal Weapon 4. It's like Danny Glover and Mel Gibson talking about throwing down with Jet Li. It's like, yeah. it's like yep, let's go ask let's him. Let's go ask him. <laughs> no, this isn't gonna go well. But then the fucking piece of shit captain is just like, it's time for inspection. Get here for inspection. So it's like... There's something off with him. Like, I guess that's kind of what's supposed to be happening. Like, he's kind of lost it a little bit. Um, Which would be interesting if he's, like, traumatized from him, like, shooting one of his own men. If he just goes, like, super, like, like, super uptight about everything and just starts going by the book. um, Like, trying to do stuff. But we don't really see that. And this is pretty much the end of this guy. Um, But I do, like... I kind of like... I kind of like this moment... Um, just because he has that sequence where basically the sergeant grows a pair and mm-hmm. actually steps to him. Yeah. And then they're like literally at each other's throats and the captain like puts his, his revolver to the sergeant's face and stuff. And Jamie Bell breaks it up like a, I don't know, an arg- like a bickering married couple or something like kids gotta, kids gotta keep mm-hmm. mom from killing dad or vice yeah. versa. And uh, he, like, snaps to attention and says, Ray, for inspection, sir. And then, like, the medic follows suit. And then the captain, in his delirium or whatever, like, just puts his gun down and, like, walks up to them and proceeds as normal. (laughs) It's like, whoa, this man is really fucked up. Um, But, yeah, so this was not how I thought this was going to go for this sequence. Um, I think Tate goes out there first to... Yeah. Yeah, Tate goes out there first um and i can't even remember how this goes down somebody oh yeah they, it's a knife fight 
Yeah, they have they have a knife. Oh fight. wait, no. Um, the the captain uh, goes out to confront. Service there we go. First. There we go. Yeah, yeah. He goes out there, and actually, there's a funny bit where uh, Jamie Bell and the medic are trying to tell the the captain like he will kill you. Yeah. Like, if you go out there, you would, it doesn't matter what you have to say to him. He he's just gonna kill anyone that gets near him. He's... And he he has this moment where he says, "I'm an officer," <laughs> like as in like. No, he won't. <laughs> yeah, dude, I think that'll make it all the sweeter. Um, but yeah, he just like exactly. a, he just approaches him and he just starts choking him. <laughs> he just starts choking the captain. Um, yeah, and then he, in just one quick motion, he just grabs him by the throat. But this is actually where I had to chuckle about the cinematography in the movie. In mm-hmm. the movie, because as we said, Andy Serkis literally says like, "What are you waiting for?" He like arms outstretched, like like Lord Humongous or some shit. And we have a crane shot that, like, dramatically pulls back and, like, looks down on the battlefield and stuff and shows Andy Serkis, like, in this battlefield looking glorious and stuff. And then we just have this random shot here where the captain's stepping to him and we're very clearly still using the crane, but, like, the the framing's all fucked up. (laughs) It's, like, it just reeks of, we rented this crane, these are very expensive we better use it for mm-hmm. all it's worth, but without any real sense of what we're going to use it for. So it's just a, a random additional crane shot that's like, you just did that because you were you were on the thing and you were having fun, so you just decided to keep doing the scene. It's like, come on, man. Like mm. That's that's not the visual language, man. Um, but yeah, he, he kills the fuck out of this captain. He stabs him, what, like 30 times? <laughs> yeah, it's a few. Uh, he's like, yeah, I can deal with the rain, I can deal with the cold, I can deal with getting shot at, but you know what I hate are fucking officers. It's like, damn, dude, all right. Uh, I was like, it's pretty cold and shitty out there, dude. Like, <laughs> I feel like I'd hate that. But yeah, he stabs him, but then, yeah, now uh, he and Sergeant Tate get into a knife fight. Um, there is a head smash? I was kind of just like, I was losing it at this point with this movie. It's really a bummer. It's off screen. Uh, to the point, actually, that I wasn't sure if it had happened. Because we didn't, we don't actually see the sergeant die. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, it like, the visuals somewhat imply that Andy Serkis whacked him with the club. Um, but we don't actually see it. And I was half expecting, like, he maybe he didn't go through with it. But it's like, no, he's, he's totally batshit crazy. Of course he went through with it. But... Um, yeah, the sergeant gets hung up in the barbed wire, like we saw at the beginning of the movie, and it's like, oh, like maybe that's a theme that we're doing, where like everybody's meeting the same end that they did in the events of the prologue or something. Like, like this is how my brain works, is I'm trying to like make sense of the thing, even when the person making it <laughs> isn't ah. doing that. Um, but yeah, uh, I'm sorry, Kyle, but I couldn't help but hear... <laughs> when they have their knives out on the battlefield because they're like yeah. circling each other brandishing weapons <laughs> like, i don't know i don't know i don't know why i don't have that sound bite it will be on the board soon don't worry uh that's not that part the no, that part will be on here um goodbye jim uh and then we get we get a head smash. I don't even, I don't even know who smashes head, but we get the sergeant gets his head whacked in. Okay. Then we get the barbed wire attack. Would you like to explain to the folks at home what the barbed wire attack is? Yeah, this was like the one gory, like legitimately gory, pretty effective, nasty sequence in the movie. If oh. if there had been more of this, 
I would have been a lot better with like I would have <laughs> felt a lot, I, w- I would have not been so pissed off of this movie but yeah uh Andy Serkis has this this dramatic sequence where Jamie Bell steps to him now so mm-hmm. like are we are all of us trying to die today or are we all trying to go to hell tonight yeah. <laughs> it's like dude just leave <laughs> like yeah. it's not hard but, but yeah he he steps to Andy Serkis and Andy Serkis has this monologue about loving war and he loves the killing and stuff he is at home here on the battlefield and he like really verbally flicks Jamie Bell in the nuts by telling him like hey I saw you we all saw you desert the sergeant who is now dead by the way like you had an opportunity to be a hero and you you totally turned tail and ran um and then out of nowhere uh some CGI barbed wire tendrils start coming up from the ground around Andy Circus uh very similar to uh the barbed wire tendrils from Silent Hill by yes, the way yes that's what i was thinking um, wouldn't be I would not be surprised at all if maybe some of the same animators uh, worked on this um, but uh, as I know I think that was also a European finance production as well um, I don't know if any of the same houses were involved anyway um, and they proceed to like rip through him and we get a couple of nasty close-ups where they're like going all through his body one goes through his neck um, and then there's this pretty cool close-up of Andy Circus like contorted into this crazy position with all these barbed wire tendrils poking out of him and one of them's even coming through like his cheek or his sinus cavity mm-hmm. it's pretty gnarly um and he he requests that jamie bell shoot him and i think he does Be- but the visual language of what transpires after this is so sloppy that it was kind of hard because we see jamie bell open fire at him and then the next shot is andy circus flopping down on the ground but there's no barbed wire anywhere. Mm-hmm. It's like maybe maybe they couldn't afford to animate that last shot or something. But it's, it it's like now is not the time to be calling into question whether or not the supernatural horseshit that we keep seeing is in fact happening or not. Because now it's just adding confusion to things. Like this is this is the end game of the movie. This is where clarity should be what you're seeking, like what mm-hmm. you're striving for, as far as what you're trying to achieve with the movie going forward. But yeah, Andy Serkis is dead, so you may as well turn off the movie now right yeah, pretty much uh and, and you this here's an opportunity like you could have had this too where like the whole area is like haunted or something like that and this is happening to people like barbed wire is coming out it kills him and then he turns into one of those things uh and the reason why they can't move forward is because the germans are on the trench that's nearby so they can't really move like they're stuck in between two places and they have to survive like they have to like wait until they can have somebody come rescue them and they're like stuck there but no no um god i mean imagine like like you have andy circus the king of performance capture imagine him playing a a barbed wire zombie Mm -hmm. like like that would be menacing like he would put some interesting movements and looks into that character but no he's he's dead (laughs) he's gone um but yeah killed by random barbed wire (laughs) so the director did something really interesting here uh, with this next scene. So he cuts the German guy down. Uh, Shakespeare sh- cuts him down. And then he goes to talk to this fucking kid who I completely forgot was in the movie. Now, this that is a very... I think that is a very um, um, valuable thing to a movie is when you forget about a plot device completely. And it's probably harder for you. Um, it's harder for my wife also. She usually is like, that thing's going to come back. I'm like, oh, I completely forgot about that. But I legit completely forgot this kid was in here. I'm like, that ability, if it's just like, and 
the kid's in the movie enough that you should kind of remember that he's in there, but we just kind of forget. And I'm like, that's a talent. I, th- I think that's a, I think that's a skill as a director to get you to forget about something. But this character doesn't matter. But this, uh, this was a good payoff for me uh, personally because this was very unsettling. I, I mean, maybe it's my, I don't know, thirst for blood. But I, I was hoping for some more explicit imagery. Yeah. This comes. You don't need that. I don't need it. The the, the so, go ahead. I was gonna say the just the thought of this is unsettling to me. I didn't even need to see the rest of it. Well, what, let me let me explain. So I don't need like a lingering close up. Hmm. Like I don't need like Lucio Fulci shit where we're doing like a slow mo like pan over all the gruesome details of what happened to this guy. What I would have loved to have seen was like Jamie Bell throws the sheet off of his lower half, and we get two frames mm-hmm. from above and then no more but we we saw what we saw and our brains are doing the rest of the work i i think that would have been super awesome kind of similar to like some of the like not not violence but like gore in a uh, event horizon mm-hmm. where there's not like there's the movie isn't inundated with like brutality and violence but there's like these snap, snaps yeah like, like just these like frames of really gnarly images i would have loved that but instead we get a very strange like low angle shot from like the perspective of his toes looking up at him mm-hmm. so we see more of the rats than we see of him and by the way what we're talking about folks at home is a uh, this injured man who's been laying on this gurney wrapped in a blanket uh his legs have been not like gnawed down to the bone <laughs> by some rats mm-hmm. uh, that took up residence on his legs yeah. uh, for the past couple of days. And Steph and I were talking about it, and she's like, I feel like that's something that actually has happened in like World War One, World War II. I'm like, oh yeah, for sure. Um, but I like the way this scene plays out. I got kind of a chuckle out of it. Um, he's sitting there talking to the kid, and he does not look good. He is pretty pale. Um, and he's just like, I think I'm feeling better. He's like, he kind of looks down, and he sees that his, his legs are moving a little bit. And he's like, oh, you can move your legs. And he's like, yeah, I feel like I, I can probably, I'm good. But Jamie Bell, Shakespeare, is just kind of looking down at his legs. He's like, oh, yeah. he's like hey, we shut the fuck up for a minute? Like, it takes him a minute. <laughs> but he's just like, uh-huh. Yeah, and he's just still staring at the blanket. Like, you've put it together. Go ahead and lift it up. But then he takes the blanket off, and he's just like... Bonjour, boys. One. Like, he just kind of looks at the, at the rats <laughs> and does not have a reaction. He's just like, oh, no. The rats have completely ate, eaten his legs from the knee down, basically. Um, and I'm like, now the thread is going to be, they're going to get him out of there. I'm like, first of all, he's going to die. Those are disease-infested rats, and they've been gnawing on his leg for a couple of days now, I'm assuming. So I'm like, you got to put him out of his misery. Like, you're not, you're, we're not carrying you, you're not going to survive. And that's exactly what he does. I'm like, that's a huge payoff for me. I'm like, I didn't think they were actually going to do that. Yeah, I I was kind of hoping that would be the resolution, too. Because, like, there's nothing mm-hmm. more to be done here, honestly. But, yeah, I, I was hoping he would, like, whip the sheet off instead mm-hmm. of just, like, kind of casually pull it back and be like, hello, rats. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, puke, man. I puked I'm, on the I'm wounds. strong yeah. advocate for, for puke. Yeah. More puke in cinema. Jamie Bell puking on this guy's legs would have been terrific i I would want 
I would want you to shoot me because there's no way I'm going to recover from the thought of rats eating my legs. I'll never sleep again. Kill me. That's the... yeah, I mean, that, that, that's exactly what he does. Because, yeah, I, I, don't, I do not know how one would process that. I don't, I don't know that people are capable of that. I would want someone to shoot me if I found a mouse in my bed. It didn't even gnaw on me. <laughs> There's just a mouse in my bed. <laughs> shoot me. I'm not going to sleep after this. It's the only way I'm going to sleep. <laughs> Kyle keeps a little derringer in his nightstand just saw movement. It was my toe. Like, oh, sorry. <laughs> hey, you got to let me know when you're going to wiggle your toes, man. Don't do that. <laughs> uh, uh, so, yeah. uh, he, so Jamie Bell, uh, he <laughs> he euthanizes this guy. Euthanizes. Um, and then we have this whole sequence where the medic who's been nothing but kind of cool throughout the entire movie yeah he's being like dragged he's tied up and mm-hmm. he's being like pulled like on a leash by the priest guy who as we established earlier has totally lost his fucking mind um there's a hilarious part where uh the medic tries to like ingratiate himself to the medic like he tries to like be like you're not totally crazy right and he tries to quote scripture at him mm-hmm. <laughs> the priest turns around and, like kicks him and says that's the wrong verse <laughs> like, like he he attributes it to the like the wrong verse or something it's hilarious because <laughs> like i see what you're trying to do but you don't know your bible um and jamie bell shows up he's trying to play hero now that he's fucked up so many times uh yeah and, uh, apparently the the priest guy has rigged explosives while we were away or something like off screen um and he has a detonator box like you would have like the plunger like on a tnt or something yeah and uh, jamie bell instead he instead of shooting the hostage uh he shoots the detonator so he can get away with not killing anybody i guess i guess that's his rationale um which causes the priest to smirk and shoot the medic through the sinus cavity and Mm. just kill him uh so jamie bell snaps and he runs the priest through with his bayonet and nice. then shoots him yeah so everybody's dead now yeah. except for jamie bell yeah uh, again if i needed any as if i needed more reason to turn the movie off it's like i'm stuck with this piece of shit. oh it gets worse uh the movie it does, it does. uh he gets so jamie bell tries to leave because there's growling under the under the ground something's happening the germans are moving a little bit uh barbed wire goes across the exit and then the big the big mound of german soldier bodies turns into a sarlacc pit no joke yeah like literally that yeah without the beak uh, the the original sarlacc pit Yes, without the beak. Thank you. Yeah. Um, although uh, the CGI is uh, of a lesser quality uh, than the beak, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> because we're trying to do like a, a sand pit, like a flowing like sand pit effect with CGI and some gnarly uh, CGI dead bodies that are folding in on themselves. It's pretty bad. This well- is not... This is not the big reveal towards the end of Deep Rising. Like, mm-hmm. like that's kind of what I was hoping would be the case. Like, I would have been perfectly fine with this being a Mongol, a secret Mongolian deathworm. <laughs> Mongolian deathworm is an inside joke with me and some of my old friends. It, it, that is a Sci-Fi Channel movie that exists, <laughs> where it's basically a Mongolian graboid. Well, you know what? I have more respect for M.J. Bassett than I do George Lucas, because uh, at least M.J. Bassett tried to execute their vision uh, at you know at the time they were filming the movie originally. Yeah, uh, yeah. That's all I'm gonna say about yeah, that. Anyway, 
Jamie Bell, uh, he tries to crawl out of the the Sarlacc pit, um, and he starts to slip, but we couldn't afford to animate more sand mm-hmm. uh, or him <laughs> falling into said sand, so we snap to black instead. And he uh, awakes in a cave, and he just happened to have a green flare on him, which he, he sets up. Mm-hmm. And then he, hears a, he sees a radio, uh, and then he hears a voice say, Turn around, Charlie, which is his name, by the way. And he turns around and he sees all of the British soldiers we he, that he was with earlier, including himself, mm-hmm. sitting around a campfire. And then he starts to yell, I'm not dead, I'm not dead, I'm not dead. And then he runs the other way and within five seconds escapes the cave. Yeah. I was ready for that to be the end of the movie, honestly, mm-hmm. where he's just stuck in an abyss forever and yes he he is in fact dead but no he he just like runs the other way and instantly escapes <laughs> it's yeah. like oh that was easy just you mean that's all you have to do is just run the other way cool yeah so he goes back outside and then the germans just out there and he pulls a rifle on him i'm like okay give me the horror movie ending just shoot him and it's it, it doesn't matter uh, also acceptable except- also acceptable that would have been fine but he's just like, come on, man. I fucking saved you, bro. And the German's just like... And it speaks in perfect English. He's like, yeah, you uh, you did try to save me. Like, you were the only one that did try to save me. That's why I get to let you go. And I'm like, wait. So the German spoke English the whole time? Fucking asshole. Okay. And then, yeah, he just, like, goes up a ladder. And he survives. So I'm like, okay, no. So we just he, have. He yeah. goes up a ladder and, and he walks into a, a fog bank um, and presumably escapes. Presumably. And then. Go ahead, Kyle. What's on your mind? <laughs> and then the German is just sitting there, and I'm like, okay, so the German just was haunting this trench while they were there? Yeah, so the implication, I think, and I, I think. <laughs> Is that this is a physical location mm-hmm. that exists in in reality that is haunted? Mm-hmm. I mean, there is like we didn't talk about, but there is like in the script there is repetition. There is dialogue saying it's this place. Like this place is cursed. <laughs> That's the Mummy Returns, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think I think yes, this trench is an actual place that exists on Earth. And this German is not a German, but some sort of specter or spectral force that haunts this place. Mm-hmm. And the end of the film is Jamie Bell escaping the fog, like walking into the fog. We don't know if he escaped. And then the German assumes a position, like just like like a surrender position, essentially. And we see a, a, an exact repeat of another British soldier stepping on the same spongy corpse that we saw towards the beginning of this film and then they like hold him up at gunpoint and call down to him and then he his eyes snap open as if he's not surprised so I guess this is just a place that soldiers stumble onto and then random shit happens to all of them until they die unless they're cool to this German Mm -hmm. (laughs) what? Yeah. What? 
Yeah, I don't know what happened with this movie. I feel like the uh, the soldier zombie things may have been the first idea, like something we're going to go with, and then for some reason the vision was just lost. Like, it was like we don't have the money to do what I wanted to do, so we're just going to have to get creative and just kind of water it down to something different. I mean, I don't know what the what the point was. I, like as you're talking, I'm just like thinking of all these more just minor things that would have made it so much more cohesive and and engaging like for instance um, uh, one problem is that that this is a geographic location on earth like this is not an alternative dimension as far as we can tell this isn't like this isn't like a limbo or a purgatory or something this is a place that you can walk to Mm -hmm. Um, but what frustrates me is that it's also a place that you can walk out of apparently because we saw the scotsman like get up over the trench and just like run out into no man's land the only reason he didn't escape was because he was shot by one of his own dudes mm-hmm. i wouldn't have been cool if like we have a moment like one of those i don't know escape room moments or something where like somebody he does like run into the fog and then like he appears back in the trench or something where it's like oh we can't leave we're stuck here or or maybe emphasize the point that like this is a, a moralistic tale where it's like you are here you are trapped here because you are meant to learn a lesson or something mm-hmm. like that it's it's super scattershot like like it, the, it's wildly unfocused um one thing that i, I do want to uh note and i think it's just something i'm going to keep in my mind moving forward with movies like this and just movies with trouble productions or ones that seem like there were obvious answers to these problems but for some reason we just don't have them um, I was listening to the Workaholics uh, uh, podcast, and uh, the one one guy, Kyle Newichek, he's the director. Uh, he directed several episodes of Workaholics, and he does he does work, uh, what we do in the Shadows series. Uh, but he's been oh. di- he's been directing for a very long time. And one thing that he they were kind of mentioning on an episode, I think it was today. I was listening to it, and he was just like, sometimes you just as a director, it's like. There are hiccups, but you have a you have a timeline that is is set, and you cannot you can't go outside of that. So you have to know what you're doing and cut corners, and you have to sometimes you just have to roll with issues. And this the ideas that the director had in this movie, I feel like that might have been the issue. Like that may have been something that just kind of happened. Was like what they had in mind, what they were going to do wasn't going to happen. And they had to kind of, like I said, water it down, change it a little bit into something that they could do, which is unfortunate because there was potential for a really cool movie here. Yeah, actually I, I, I'm really glad you expressed that because on time and on budget is one of probably the most underrated attributes that a, that a director can have. Like it's one of those things that, people that can't that consistently deliver that there's a reason why they're successful it's because that's uncommon honestly and if you can consistently deliver that that means you are good at your job um but i like just based on what we talked about before the the review proper about about this director her her filmography i want to say you're 100 percent right that there's a, a a wealth of action heavy films and television series on on her resume this is not an action heavy film uh, as evidenced by an entire action quote action sequence being nothing but sounds 
um, and people reacting to sounds with no visual or, or kinetic elements going on. I would not be surprised if maybe there was a desire to make like a more traditional like action slash horror slash war movie, but then they didn't have the time or the money, and this is what it had to be. This, I mean, this is also like something we didn't really discuss. Was like I, I, I kind of mentioned. I'm like, this seemed like hell to work on, like muddy, cold, rainy. I'm like, what's that like for production? Like actually putting together a film, like like setting up the camera and shooting stuff. I'm like. It's got to be a pain in the ass. So that may have also been an issue as well. Yeah, that'll make you grumpy. Yeah. And if you're, <laughs> if you're, if you're grumpy and you're not being paid especially well, you're probably not going to put in your best work. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, it's important just to throw out there in, in case people can't read between the lines. Like Kyle and I are, are, are laughing at and like yelling about this movie. But it, for what it's worth, it's it is it is a movie. Like, mm-hmm. like it, it's a finished film. It actually has some decent performances and some fun dialogue here and there. It's handsome to look at. It has production values. This is this is I couldn't even think of rating this like much lower than two out of five stars. Honestly, it, mm-hmm. it's not good by any stretch. But it's it is far from like one of the worst movies I've ever seen. Yeah, no, that's it's just fun to yell about. <laughs> that's that's Jason goes to hell. That's I think by far the worst movie. I think that's honestly the worst movie we've done on this podcast, possibly. I th- I think I put a one point five on that one. So yeah, I I would say that this one like irritated me less. Like mostly because like the questions that it was having me ask. At least I was having fun asking them. Mm-hmm. Whereas Jason goes to hell, it's just like. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Let's just get this over with. Ugh. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that that was a Death Watch. Mm-hmm. Night, Night Watch, I think is. I think Night Watch is a a, a Russian film. Uh, now you actually, I think was pretty critically acclaimed at the time. Now you know what I feel like when I you have me watch martial arts movies. I'm like, this is SCP. What's the the Donnie Yen? The SPL. SPL. Yeah. See, yeah. SPL. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> uh, but yeah, this was Death Watch from uh, 2002, and I'm, I'm guessing uh, I should stick to the format and uh, also pick a 2002 film from for my last pick of the month. But um, uh, M J Bassett was that the name of the director? Yes. Thank you. Okay. But yeah, uh, that was Death Watch and. Uh, Folks at home, if you'd like to catch up on any of our other Catching Up on Cinema content, you can do so by navigating to our website at catchinguponcinema.com. You can also find us on the social medias on the Twitter, at Catching Cinema, as well as the Instagram, at Catching Up on Cinema. So feel free to hit me up at either of those. Uh, And the podcast is available on pretty much every platform you can imagine, including Bitcade. So fucking Google it. Mm Mm-hmm. And that being said, thank you so much for listening, and we will catch you next time. Oh, mama. Oh, mama. <laughs> <laughs> Salve.